0: Erev Tov, good evening. We are continuing in our introductions, our Hagdamot to Agadata. And last week we already began the books of Rav Uziel. We did this introduction to the first volume of Michmane Uziel, The Treasures of Uziel. I told you this is one of the few volumes of Rav Uziel's a, vo- a book series that I don't own. And after that, I was inspired to go online and to start hunting down, calling my book people. And Baruch Hashem, I managed to get my hands on a copy of the book. Only so that last night I got an email saying, sorry, but it's not actually in stock. The copy that we had, is no, we can't find it. So unfortunately, I don't have a copy of this anymore, aside from PDF. But for just a moment, you inspired me to try and find it. And maybe you'll put in a tefila. Uh, to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that that book should uh, be found in Vezad gem we will have it. Halvuziel, I hate to use the word underappreciated because I don't think he's underappreciated. I think in general the writings of Chachmei Farad are not so much underappreciated. Those who know them appreciate them greatly. But the word I would use is underpublicized. There are far inferior Chachamim to Chacham whose writings are all over the world. They're everywhere. Yet, people don't study them. You know, I was speaking to my wife. I may have mentioned this in one of my earlier shiurim. And I said, you know, Hav Uziel passed away in 1953. But Rabbi Yosef Masas passed away in the 70s. There are people listening to the shiur who are alive in the 70s. Probably never heard of Rabbi Yosef Masas. But you can name me a handful of rabbis whose writings contributed nothing to Klal Yisrael whose names you do know, and whose lectures you did listen to. Rabbi Shalom Asas, Rabbi Yosef Kapach, they lived into the 2000s. And yet, while we were alive, and they were alive, our paths never crossed. There's a difference between what is quality, and therefore appreciated, and what is publicized, and therefore consumed. Those are not the same things. And very often we make this mistake of thinking things which are famous, rabbis which are famous, books which are famous, just because it made it to the bestseller list doesn't mean it should be a bestseller. It means that's what's consumed by people. Those of you who know a thing or two about healthy food, forget healthy food. Those of you who know a thing or two, you're connoisseurs of some kind of food. Some of you are connoisseurs for chocolate. Some of you are connoisseurs for olive oil. I'm assuming those people are not the same. When you see the things that other people will consume, you'll wonder, how on earth did you eat that stuff? You see cuisine. You know, you go to, I was once in a Yemenite restaurant. It was nice food, but there was nothing Yemenite about the food. But people have been trained, this is Yemenite food, must be a little bit of spicy, that's what makes it Yemenite. Just because you paint a fish and you paint it red, and you throw some chili peppers on it, doesn't make it a Moroccan fish. Someone told me they made Moroccan gefilte fish. They took gefilte fish, they took hummus, they took peppers and spicy peppers and tomatoes and cilantro and garlic. And I said, how did you waste all of those ingredients on a gefilte fish? Those are fresh ingredients. You could have used them for something good to eat. But everybody consumes different things. And not always can you judge the quality of something based on what it is that people consume. However, of Alav Shalom, whose writings we're going to discuss, somehow became the most famous chief rabbi in this time period. Yet the writings of Chacham Uziel, who served at the same time as he did, have seemingly been undiscovered. And by the way, I'm not referring to Khalila, Rav Kook's writings being from those who are inferior to the country. They were partners for a reason. We're going to compare in the coming weeks their writings with each other. Compare and contrast them. But sometimes I wonder, how is it that we don't have one book of Chacham Uziel translated into English. Not one of his teachings that is mainstream, accepted, taught in a Jewish school. When I see in people's sukkot, pictures of the great rabbis of the last hundred years, I hear of Rabbi this and Rabbi that, who if the picture wasn't in a poster, I would never even know who he was. Chacham Uziel. Mi who will uncover the dust from your eyes? It's a shame. The shame is on us, though, that we only appreciate that which is most popularly consumed. Now, I'm speaking to the choir. I know those of you learning the shield with me are from those who appreciate fine things. You have a special palate. You are connoisseurs of Torah texts. I'm not speaking to you. I'm not giving Musal to you. When I read the writings of Rav Uziel, they always fill me with regesh, with emotion. This chapter here, we will not read in its entirety, neither the next one. I brought them for their beginnings, for their introductions. The poetic language that Rav Uziel uses expresses things that otherwise I wouldn't have the language to. If you look with me into the packet of Rav Uziel's writings, it's going to be where it says Ma'amar Yud Aleph, S 11. So if you have the PDF file, it should be page 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, on page 6 of the PDF file. Midrashai Agada, the Midrashim of Agada. Now there are two kinds of Midrashim, there's Midrashai Agadah and Midrashai Halacha. We're going to talk about them, not for right now. Hagadahi hi, Agadah, agadeta. Himayan ma'ayan ha'mitgaber is a, a wellspring that continues to overflow. Nove'a mimekor ma'ayim chayim. Its source is from the source of living water. Umit U'mitpace lechaman chalim she'en ketz nemisparam velo gvul lehitpashtutam va'achavotam. And the rivers that come out of these waters, this water of Agadita that comes from the spring of life, it splits off into many streams and many rivers and many brooks, and you cannot count all of the places which Agada reaches. Remember what I told you in the introduction of the Rambam. Our introduction to Agada, when we define Agada, Agada can only be defined by what it is not. It is the non-legal part of the Talmud. More than that, you'd be limiting Agada. Agada is everywhere. Agada goes everywhere. Agada The words of Agada awaken emotion. They uplift the spirit. They illuminate the thought. haadam. And they reveal before the eyes of man. Skies above. Ve'eretz la'omek, and the depth of the earth. Ladat ed ha'avaya ha'olamit, b'giluyeha ve'nistareha, It reveals to a person the worldly existence, both that which is revealed and that which is hidden. Lehakir atzmiyoto shel ha'adam b'isho, It allows a person to recognize themselves, their personality, and that of humanity. To understand ourselves and our people and our species and our purpose in life and in the world. And it allows us to look beyond the physical Forms in all of their shades <speaking in Hebrew> that which is hidden and covered <speaking in Hebrew> the covered light which gives light, source of life to everything <speaking in Hebrew> This light is none other than creator of the universe, who guides over everything, leads everything in his will and his desire in his wisdom, whose depth is unfathomed. The summer has begun, which means my allergies have begun. I apologize, that's not what's making me emotional. HaPoresh Min HaAgada Someone who separates himself from Agada doesn't study Agada. What is Agada. Zoshirat It is the divine song which is in the soul of a human. That's how Ravuziel defines Agada, the divine song which is in the soul of a human. Hazimra, and there are the tunes, the song, of the words of the Torah, the melodies of the words of the Torah and the visions of the prophets. So one who removes himself from the study of Agadah, he forces himself into a narrow into a a narrow strait, into a tiny box. And he holds himself back from the ability of seeing. One who does not delve into Agadah, but allows themselves only to study other areas of Torah, is limiting themselves, is suppressing in themselves the ability to see the wonders of HaKadosh Baruch Hu and the secrets of his Torah. And that's what he says, the master of Agadata, in that which it says in lo yavinu el peulot adonai. They will not understand the acts of Hashem. Eluha Agadot. Those are the Agadot. Vikhanamuna Rabbi say, Ritunhash Do you desire to see, to know, to become familiar with he who said and spoke and created the world? Lemod agada, Study Agadah. because from the study of Agadah, you will recognize, you will know Baruch Hu. And you will cling to his ways. You want to know HaKadosh Baruch Hu? You must learn Agadah. Those who think to limit themselves only in the other realms of Torah, in the other areas of Torah, will ultimately never discover the truth of who is HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Golat HaKoter, the highlight. Vehamatara ta'chlititit, in the true purpose. Shabbat Midrashei Agadah, in Agadah. He had Rasha be Bereshit, and Maase splits off into two main categories. The two secret categories of Maaseh Bereshit, the act of creation, and Maase Merkava, the act of the holy chariot, Nivwa. in the discussion surrounding Bereshit, Darshu Hidushim Havutam, they discuss all kinds of things, the way the world was created and how it continues to be created. B'Derech there's a whole part of Agadah that is meant to discover how does the world work? How is the world created? Why does the world work the way it works? How does a Baruch Bahu involve himself in the world that works? And in the Maaseh of the Holy Chariot A rabbi's attempt to teach the ways of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, which are very, very, very awesome. <laughs> How does HaKadosh Baruch Hu rule over His world? How does HaKadosh Baruch Hu rule over His creations? With the laws of justice, with justice, with righteousness, with compassion and mercy, and all that come out of them. The righteous ones. Adam hashalem Shuhu olam katan. A tzaddik is a complete person who is himself a small miniature world, a micro world. Hu merkava the shekhinah. He is the chariot of the shekhinah. She'shkinat kodesh shora alav. That the holy shekhinah rests on him. Veshomeret se'adav and guides over his steps. V'ha'olam ha'gadol hu merkava And the whole world is a Merkava for the God above, and he runs the world both with compassion and with judgment. And that is how you reveal his greatness. And both the way that HaKadosh Baruch Hu deals with his creations in compassion and in judgment. Those are two sides of the same coin. God is a God of emunah, faithfulness, and avil. There's nothing wrong. Tzaddik v'yashar he is righteousness and straightforward. Those concepts. Rav Chaim David Halevi has a beautiful essay. The difference between tov and yashar. Those are different concepts, but Akel Shmuel manages to balance both. There's a book, Tomer Devorah. You don't have to read all the things, the extra chapters in Kabbalah, did not have to go there. Even just the first and second essays there. The Ramak, Shalom, discusses how HaKadosh Baruch Hu can give life in every single moment. People who don't believe in Him, HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives them life. People who curse HaKadosh Baruch Hu, HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives them a chance to live tomorrow. How many reshaim would have disappeared from the world, and would have never had the opportunity to become tzaddikim? Because Hakadosh Baruch Hu runs the world with compassion and with judgment. It's something that only Hakadosh Baruch Hu can truly understand, but we try. <speaking in> Hasagot <Hebrew> neelamot These lofty concepts, <speaking in> barabim, <Hebrew> are unable to be taught to the masses. You cannot teach these things to everyone. You can only hint at them with very gentle, very subtle hints. Only to those who have purified their souls. Have cleansed their thoughts. Here's an interesting word. We use the word kasher as in to make something kosher but have allowed their intellect to become absorbent, able to absorb the truth of the way the Baruch Hu runs the world. And we go slowly from the lighter things to the deeper things. Slowly. Hints. Illusions. This is what the Rambam was telling us. That there are certain things the encoded, they encrypted it into language that people wouldn't understand. The reason to keep these things out of the hands of everybody. That only those who are truly pure, only those who could really understand, only those who have purified themselves to understand the truth of a will have the ability to understand these concepts. You know, I mentioned to you there are two Rambams that we need to read. I attach them in an announcement here. Abu Ziyal makes a note of them. If you look in the Rambam, Mishneh Torah, I attach them to my announcement in the Google Classroom, but if you want to find them on your own, you go to the Safaria, Halakha, Mishneh Torah, Foundations of Torah, Yisleh Torah, and we're going to start in chapter 2. two halakha twelve it's amazing we have a whole Rambam class the special editions of Rambam and the Beda said I just use a simple photocopy of old old Rambams. the truth is the books have special significance they were donated to Shiviti uh, by the children of a Torah scholar Tamika who survived uh, the Holocaust And when he passed away, his family looked to donate his books to somewhere where they would use them. I intentionally used this Mishnah Torah. Rambam writes, Our earlier Rabbis commanded us, Not to teach these things in public. (inaudible) Not to give them, I said the English said to sermonize. I don't even know if that's an English word. But not to teach these things in public. (inaudible) Only from one person and one other person and that person must be wise, and is able to understand things on their own, so wise and perceptive. And afterwards, the rabbi teaches the student just the outline, just the short abbreviations of what the truth is. And he hints to him only a little bit of the matter, and he is perceptive enough to understand on his own. And he knows the end of something and the depth of it from the beginning. You ever hear two experts speak about something? They don't have to complete sentences. They don't have to finish their thoughts. They don't have to define terms. They're speaking the same language. The Chacham tells his student, the Tamid, Think about that. And they think, and they think, and they, with their own bina, their own perception, they're able to understand what exactly their teacher was trying to teach them. And these things are so deep. And not everyone's intellect is able to handle them, to tolerate them. And this is what Shlomo says. things which cover the world they should be for you for clothing meaning don't teach them to people honey and milk is under your tongue our rabbis explain to us, the things in the Torah, which are like honey and milk, you should keep them under your tongue. Don't speak the secrets of the Torah to the whole world. Don't teach everything in the Torah to the whole world. You're in a relationship with the Kosh The Torah is your marriage contract. There are beautiful things, vows that you shared with each other. Only a fool shares all his secrets. Only a fool shares all her secrets with every stranger in the world. Only someone who you can truly trust with those secrets can you share these things with. In chapter hey, the fifth chapter in the same book, no, nope, let's looking at chapter done it. these chapters are fundamental to it. we're going to get to them in the Rambam class but there are things that everybody has to know here Halakha 13 in chapter 4 and all of these things in the four chapters in these five mitzvot this is what our early rabbis call pardes, the orchard there are four who entered the Pardes and even though those rabbis who entered were great, and they were all great sages, not all of them were able to handle the truth of what they saw there in the Pardes. They were not all able to understand everything they saw there in the Pardes. It's a famous ma'aseh, the story of the Pardes. The four rabbis who went, one died, one came out crazy, one came out a heretic, one came out righteous, you know the story. And I say, it is improper for a person to journey through this orchard. Only someone whose keres, whose belly is full with meat and bread. So what do those who are gluten-free and vegetarian do? Nothing. It's not talking about meat and bread. What do you mean meat and bread? What does it mean, bread and meat? To know halacha, what is permitted, what is prohibited. And to know everything about the other mitzvot. Before you can enter the orchard, you first must know Judaism. You first must know halacha. You must be a grounded person. How many people do we see? who attempt to enter the secret worlds of Judaism, and they come out the greatest evildoers we can think of. Because they're not grounded. Torah is not their anger. I once, I, I know, last recently, I spoke to a person, they know all the secrets of the Torah. And in speaking with them, I sat there, saying, only, it's only been a few years since I last spoke to this person, their mental health has declined rapidly. Rapidly. They don't live in reality. They live in a crazy place. I'm not talking about those who chas shalom. I may say this every time I mention this topic, not those who have mental issues that are out of their control. But there are those who they're not grounded in reality. They should not have dealt with things that can further exasperate their situation. You know such people the people who believe in every conspiracy theory in the world, don't start telling them that everything else is a secret too. These people can hurt themselves. People who don't know Torah, they don't know Adav Bet, they don't know HaKadosh Baruch Hu, they don't know how to do Shabbat and Kashrut, how are you going to teach them things that they don't need to know yet? How are you going to teach a child who doesn't know how to add or subtract, how are you going to teach them calculus without them getting frustrated or dropping out of school? And even though our rabbis called Halacha, listen carefully, they called Halacha a small matter, not that important. say Gadol The great matters are in the matter of the chariot. In the small thing, Habayot The conversations in the Talmud of Abayan Rava. So to know the Talmud, eh, that's a small deal. But to know the secrets of the Torah, that's a big deal. Even though that's the case, says the Rambam. It's still proper to do the small thing first. Because they ground the person, they settle a person's mind in the beginning. When a person is grounded, they're anchored. Their mind doesn't run to strange places. There's a book called the Sefer I'm not a Kabbalist. I don't deal with this book. But I once spoke to a Mekubal who was mentioning the importance of people knowing Halakha well. And he showed me a quote from the Sefer The quote says, Im ratz libcha bani, My son, if your heart runs fast, ha-miko, return back to the source. If when you study things, your mind begins to take you to places which are not correct, Stop, go back to Shubchan Stop, go back to the Chumash. Stop, go back to the Nevi'im. Stop, and go back to the source, to the things that you know are true. Ground yourself firmly. You can only grow high if you have deep foundations. The and furthermore, Shehem Hatova HaGedona Shehishpia HaKadosh Baruch Hu HaOlam Azeh. The mitzvot are also, even though they're small, says Rambam, and it's proper to study them first to become grounded, they're also the great goodness that Hashem has given us to do good in the world, to create a functional society. In order to merit the world to come. And furthermore, the Torah itself, the mitzvot themselves, everyone can know them. Katan vegadon, a small one and a big one, a child and an adult. Ish man or woman. Ba someone with a broad uh, intellect and heart, someone with a, a, a more. Uh, not as broad of a mind, a more narrow intellectual. My English has gone. A person with a narrower mind, a narrower ability to grasp ideas, more limited. Says the Ramam, before you can study the secrets of the Baruch Hu, you first have to know what actually the Kaddosh Baruch Hu said before you run away to other universes stay here first before you figure out what the Kaddosh Baruch Hu is first figure out who you are know Torah well know Torah well because it must come first it grounds you, first reason the says the second reason the second reason is that these mitzvot are what HaKadosh B'Chu gave us to make this world a better place, to inherit our portion in the world to come, and it is something that is Shaved chol Nefesh. Every single person is able to study Torah. If you give us a room of people with a Talmud, with a Mishnah Torah, with a Shulchan Aruch, every single person with a good teacher will be able to understand things there. But there are some places, some Chachamim, who went to the Pardes. They went, they clearly were righteous enough. Intellectually, they went, and when they returned from those thoughts, they came back damaged. They came back hurt. They came back dead. Because they were unable to grasp with their intellect the things they had seen. Rav Kook has an interesting piece in Olam Tawa. He's an interesting work here. And uh, Rav writes, let me see if I can find it quickly. regarding this rule, only a person who filled his belly with meat and with wine. It's an interesting term. Rambam says bread and, and meat. we mean to say, But if there's a person. Who desires truly desires to know the inner workings of Judaism, la haskil barach to understand with their intellect the Creator of the universe. Harehu <laughs> he now enters a different category, which our rabbis say la ilmad Adam Torah A person should always study Torah in an area in a place where their heart desires. Rufkuk suggests something fascinating. I can't tell you that Ravbam would agree. Rav suggests that there's two different values that have to be weighed here. The first, to not put the chariot before the horse—I guess literally chariot—to not get ahead of yourself. On the other hand, there are some people that, it's their nature, they need to get ahead of themselves. And therefore, there's another rule that kicks in, which is a person must study Torah, which is dear to them, which is which is what they want to study, and you can't hold people away from the things that they wish to study. On that note, I'm going to go back to Rabuziel. back to where we were. Says uh, Revo These are the sermons of our rabbis, the drashot, They intend to uplift a person to the highest levels to complete a person both ethically and intellectually, to purify him from his impurity, to sanctify him with the holiness of God, and to bring him ultimately to the love of Hashem which is pure and is faithful that from all this study, a person will ultimately recognize he who said and created the world, and he'll cling to his words. By the way, the Rambam mentions something similar. I didn't send it to you. But the Rambam in the same chapter, the chapter downed, Rambam says, in uh, Halakha 12, bizman sha adam when a person ponders these things u makir kol understands all of the creations mimlah vegalgal veadam the angels and the heavenly bodies and man kayotzebo and everything else including that vi re'chokhmato sh'kadosh sees the wisdom of Akadosh kadosh and on all of his creations mosif ahavah la'makom It increases his love towards HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And his soul will thirst. And his his flesh will yearn. For the love of God. And he'll be in fear. In awe of his lowliness. And his weakness and his lowliness when he begins to compare himself to one of the heavenly, celestial bodies. And he'll find himself like an empty vessel that is full of shame. Who is empty and who is missing. But well, Rambam, when he speaks like this, is not trying to convince you that you're bad. The Rambam is trying to tell you that Moshe Rabbeinu, there's a commenter here on the side, Moshe Rabbeinu, how does he become the most humble of all men? Because Moshe Rabbeinu recognizes a Baruch Hu. And when Moshe Rabbeinu recognizes the awesomeness of Kadosh Baruch Hu, use the word awe, like awful, the awesomeness of a Baruch Hu, it makes him realize in perspective, who am I? What am I? And that doesn't cause a person to be negative and depressed, that causes a person to motivate themselves to try to be more to cling, like what did Rav say? To cling to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. When I cling to that which is great, I become great also. Our Chachamim say, when one enters a store of perfume, they leave smelling good. They maybe didn't buy perfume. But when we cling to that which is good, we in turn become good. That is what the Torah allows us to do. To cling to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And the Agada allows us to purify ourselves so that that effect of HaKadosh Baruch Hu on us can be known when we empty ourselves out of ourselves and allow the best self to come out and cling to the creator of the universe, this is what Agada does for us. Let's try to read a little drashat and the topics of drashat Halakha. Mikrei Kodesh Shabbat Torah is the study of the holy verses in the Torah and the Prophets. And he mentions just there's ways to study Torah, there are ways to study the teachings of our rabbis on the Torah. And I'm skipping a few lines. Midot Ele, these ways of studying the Agadah Hemaftichot They are the keys to the gates of intellect, of study that Shibidarkam that through them we enter imniske we merit the Tarkilim to the main courtyard, Shekulo that is all full of light, Vlinchol Adanim and Sophie, and to inherit and to merit tremendous pleasure that our emotions and our will, our thoughts and our knowledge, will become nurtured from this beautiful light. We will become enlightened by the shining of this light of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. From the Midrashai HaHagadah, the different types, there are many subcategories liyam it's like a great sea. Shenha'ini like a great sea that no one eye can see all the ocean. There are not enough arms in the world to embrace this ocean just like a person's heart and their intellect can research and ponder so many things, that is as many disciplines and topics as Agadah covers. And all of these thoughts, and all of these intellectual ponderings, these emotional journeys that are Agadah, they all are weaved together to this beautiful tapestry of all colors and all shades and all textures that create this world of Agada. there are many books which have been written to research Agadah its essence its purpose and I have no desire to repeat their words and then he takes us on the rest of the chapter I wanted with your permission to do one more piece from Avuzia if you'll skip with me a few pages into the next chapter it's called M'amarei Agada. You'll see M'amarei Agada. It's a few pages in. La hamadayot In addition to the agadot and the drashot the intellectual and ethical teachings of our rabbis, our rabbis added other short stories, other short uh, points and messages that are that are maybe short in words, but there's much that can be learned from them. Shebahem me the that through these teachings and sayings and expressions, they taught their students orchot the ways of life, vedarchei musar, and the ways of ethics, to be ethical. Torah the Torah of character traits, the Torah and the Torah of society, how to be a healthy member of society. Ulma'ala me'akon, and above all of these values, yirat shamaim, the awe of Hashem, the Avat Adonai, and the love of Akadush You wonder how you could have a Jewish world that is so observant of Torah and mitzvot. But they act. I don't need to say. Ask them, are you really studying Torah? Tanakh, you know. Musar, you know. Agada, you ever cracked open? How do you expect to be a good person? because you know how to salt a piece of dead cow because you know how to slaughter a chicken because you know how many cups of hot water to make a teabag in on Shabbat that's where you learned it from and everything else Chazal taught us all the other teachings they inherited to us you threw away and abandoned how do you expect to create a just society which doesn't study the texts that are meant to teach it how to be such a society Ahavat Torah These teachings of our rabbis—they teach us how to love His Torah, veAhabat lechol and they teach us how to love all of Hashem's creations, not just Jews, and not just non-Jews, animals, plants, the earth, Hakadosh B'chu's creations, Maamarim These essays. These teachings, they're gathered together in a special Masechet, I'm thinking he's referring to Perkei and they're also scattered throughout the Talmud. Beshem, and they're normally alluded to, it was a saying in the mouth of our Rabbis here, a saying in the mouth of our Rabbis there, he brings a few examples. or in the shape of conversations between a rabbi and his student, that sometimes are recorded as a student who asks his rabbi a question. The students of rabbi Eliezer asked him, teach us the ways of life, or sometimes you find the rabbi asking his students a question. He says, go out and find for me, the second chapter of Perkei Avot, what is a proper path that humans should walk on? Sometimes, like there in, in, in Perkei Avot, the rabbi sometimes asks a rhetorical question and gives an answer. What is a proper path that humans should walk on? Like what he says over there. These are the ways of the Torah teaching us these Ma'amarei Agadah these Agadic teachings which began at the time that Akadosh baruch Hu gave the Torah to Moshe Rabbeinu Sinai, and he gave to the elders in his generation Midrashe And these kept being expanded in the days of Ezra. But him it says, that he expanded and taught the Torah of Hashem. It's Ezra chapter 7. Listen to what Rav says. This part of the Talmud has never been sealed. Our rabbis in every single generation who have been entrusted with teaching the people have always made their own derashot, their own agadah. It's for this reason that we don't get faced when we see an agadah that contradicts Relax, it's an agadah. A chacham who gives an agadah, you can't compare it to the agadot of the Talmud, but he means, Rav Uziel, a chacham stands in front of his kila, in front of his yeshiva. A teacher stands in front of her students and teaches these words. The Torah says, the parasha says, here is an idea you can get from the parasha. Something you can learn from the parasha. Something you can learn from this pasuk in the haftarah. Something you can learn from the tilim. Those are all agadot. Those are bringing about deeper ideas from a pasuk. We are still writing derashot. Derashot ele. these derashot, these are the dew of resurrection. It uplifts and exalts the spirit of Israel. And causes Jews everywhere to continue loving HaKadosh Baruch Hu and His Torah. His land and His people. And it implants in him a love for all the creations on this earth, and it guides a person towards all that is good and character traits and behaviors, all kinds of actions in life, it includes in it, and it goes beyond, everything that has ever been written, than any poetic or ethical work on earth. And it researches HaKadosh Baruch Hu in the most faithful and loyal way possible. Binyan Anakize, this giant building, this giant fortress, which is referred to in the mouth of our predecessors, Midrash Halacha, Midrash agada. Notice the way Rav Uziel speaks about Midrash. It's not little stories you tell children at school. It's not perversions on the Torah. It's not all kinds of silly things that no one can believe. These are the secrets of Am Yisrael. These are what makes us human. These are what makes us Jews. It is a hidden treasure. It is a treasure chest of wisdom, of beauty that is rich in its beauty and in its content. It is a vessel that contains much blessing because it contains in it all that is good and beautiful. Like the ocean, the ocean. I don't know, that word is a little smudged in my book. That all of the rivers and all of the lakes and all of the water ultimately comes to this ocean. And the Chen Omer HaRambam Zal Narambam writes, the drash that you find in the Talmud, one should not think that there is no purpose to it. But there is great wisdom hidden there because it includes playot, niflaot, tremendous riddles and wonderful, beautiful secrets. because those teachings, when one will gaze at them with an intellectual eye. Yuvan Bahem, Mehatov Ha'amiti, he will understand from them the true goodness. that there is nothing greater than it. And a true eye, a discerning eye, will glean, will uncover from these teachings the very meanings, the very deep messages that Chachamim hid inside of those words. The one who has the proper outlook will be able to read the words of Chachamim and understand the things that they intended for us to understand them. Has Safrut Bidmut our national library in the form of Midrash, has swallowed up into it all other literary works. Avad but it swallowed up all the works of the world by first cleansing them and purifying them and giving us the truth from them. Belev Amitz with a courageous heart. The Ruach a wise spirit. Amdur Raboteinu Zichronam Nivachah. Our the blessed memory, stood bevikucham lifnei hafilosofim vhaminim. They stood in debate in front of the philosophers and the heretics. Hahegmonim vametronot to the royal families. Zikne Romi the elders of Rome. Vkesare Romin, the Caesars of, of Rome. Tsedukim the heretics of the Jewish people. Ustam goim and just regular non Uvelag shinu neshivu. With a swift tongue, with proper words, they answered every one of their questions and destroyed their false beliefs. And it gives many examples that I cannot go through tonight. I'm skipping down to the second to last paragraph on this page. philosophiot These philosophical conversations. ben kol hadorot. The agadah that happened among all the sages of our people and are hidden in the treasure chest of Agadah. That they serve the purpose of uprooting all the crooked philosophies in the world. Uvi Haminim and all of the critiques on Judaism of the heretics, Uva and all the other critiques of any other religion in our Torah, All of the debates of our Chachamim between other religions and other philosophers and other scholars, all of them are adding levels and levels and levels on this glorious building, which we call Midrashe Agadar. I would love to read you the rest. But it's not now and it's not for us and there's too many hagdamot, too many introductions to this introduction that would have to be given. But if I could summarize for us, Rav we must shift our mindset. We shifted already our mindset one way, which was to understand the truth of Chachamim, we must have an intellectual mind and the ability to perceive things that other people may not. We already discussed that. To discuss the need to pray to Akadosh Baruch Hu while we study Torah, that we should reveal the true secrets of his Torah, we discussed that. We discussed last week the glory of Agada Ravuziel to understand. This week, Ravuziel added a further complication. Inside this Torah are secrets, secrets so powerful that cannot be taught to the world, and that our rabbis encrypted in, in their words, messages which can change humanity, messages which cause love of Hashem, love of the creations, love of the world, love of humanity, love of peace, love of Midot, love of goodness. The secrets which can change the course of history. And the Chachamim in every generation and their students who sit together and learn this Torah and expand on this Torah and add to this Torah have the power in their hands to answer any critique any question, any challenge against the Creator of the world, His Torah that He gave us on Hal Sinai, and His people, who He chose among all the people on earth. It has the power to teach us all the things we ever wish to know. It only requires from us the ability to extract those messages from the texts which are before us. And we have this obligation. This obligation now to realize that Agadah, Midrash, these words that we have been taught for so long by other people to reject, to mock, to not accept, because they are foolish, because they are childish, because they're not the truth. That which led those people to reject them was a correct feeling of if we study these words superficially, it can't be that this is what the wisest men of the Jewish people taught us. And that's where we come in. Our job is to understand these words with loyalty and faithfulness to our Chachamim who wrote them. And to promise them that we will study their words with the utmost respect and with the desire to read them as the greatest gifts ever given to the Jewish people. And when we have that, that lens on our eyes and we have that perspective in our mind, I'm certain that together we will bring a lot of light, not just to ourselves, not just to our families and to our communities, but to the whole world to reveal to Am Yisrael the human contributions to the Torah, the part of our Chachamim who gave us, in their in their understanding of the Divine, the keys to unlock goodness for humanity. I'm very excited for what we're about to do next week and the coming week. But God willing, when we get there, every Shabbat Shabbat Shalom when it comes.